Man, it feels so good to say this, but welcome back to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. I've been gone for so long. So much has happened in the NBA, in the basketball community, in the world in general with the whole COVID coronavirus pandemic. There's been so much stuff that I've missed talking about here on this podcast. We got another NBA season about to start on December 22nd, and I'm here to provide you guys with a weekly podcast again. I can't wait to get on here, talk about the biggest news, rumors, analysis, and things like that in the NBA. So I'm going to be here every single Friday. These are going to be uploaded. And this week's episode, I got a lot to talk about. Pretty much my reintroduction to you guys that are listening here, wherever you may find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the case may be. I have to get out here and start talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, because we got to celebrate LeBron James' historic season where Anthony Davis was able to accomplish this year. The Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA champs. I haven't even said that here on this podcast because we've been gone for so long. The Clippers were the preseason favorites, everything. They had the best roster. They had two six-man-of-the-year caliber players coming off the bench. They had Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They collapsed. Okay, and a lot of things I talked about both on a YouTube video, both on a podcast here and all over my Instagram page. You guys can follow me at Bucket Center. Most of you guys probably already do, but they didn't take the regular season seriously. They had some pretty bad chemistry. They didn't have a playmaker, a natural playmaker. They didn't have a rim protector. They had a lot of guys with overlapping roles. They didn't really know what their role was for this specific team, and they just frankly underperformed. The coach is gone, Doc Rivers. I mean, the Clippers were an absolute mess. They blew a 3-1 lead to a very good up-and-coming Denver Nuggets squad, and that was crazy to see. And then my pick for the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo underperformed yet again. And the dialogue has officially been started, like I said it would before the season, if he didn't get it done, if he didn't take that next step into his game. He actually got gentlemen swept in the second round, okay? So we got to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo's play style. Is it built for a long playoff run with guys really loaded up on him? They did the same thing they did with Toronto. They built a wall, and he just wasn't able to overcome that wall. And if you can scheme against Giannis like that, as dominant as he is in the regular season, and how no one will still be able to guard him in a one-on-one setting, if you're going to bring the whole team to him and the shooters that you have are not going to knock down open shots, if the shot creator or Chris Middleton that you have isn't a good enough shot creator to counteract that defense and they just weren't able to keep up with the Miami Heat, it's it's going to be a problem. So we got to look at it from that perspective and say, Giannis, there's still a little bit more growth you have to get to that best player of the world type status. Okay, and then – we got to talk about the fact that my championship pick, the Los Angeles Lakers, it was really accurate. At the end of the day, LeBron James, another chapter in his legacy. I remember on one of my earlier podcasts, I said that LeBron James could possibly get his fourth championship ring, his fourth finals MVP this season. He could also become a player that finishes all-time leading scorer in the NBA and finishes in the top 10 in assists, and that is all still even potentially top five in assists uh, when his career is all said and done. So that's really a longevity, just overall greatness for LeBron James. We got to give him a lot of credit for that. And the fact that Anthony Davis is also making his way up the ranks when we talk about the best players in the NBA is something worth noting. So major boss of the Los Angeles Lakers, we got to talk about whether they're going to defend their title and things like that. 
Teams are loading up. Steph Curry's back and healthy. Klay Thompson's back and healthy. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. There's a lot of action around the association to talk about. But in this podcast specifically, we're going to be talking all things NBA draft because the draft is coming up on November 18th, which is close to a week away at the time that I'm recording this. So we're going to talk everything draft, my top prospects, what I would do if I'm the top teams. And then we're going to start it off, though, talking about Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. That's the latest report. And that backcourt, we talk about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I was very skeptical of the backcourt. You got two ball-dominant players. That How do they really fit together? Their decision-making is questionable. They're inefficient at times, and they're pretty easy to scheme against in the postseason relatively to what they are in the regular season. And you have both of those guys on the same team. How is it going to work? It clearly did not work. They both were able to put up some pretty good stats. But in the playoffs, it just wasn't a successful product whatsoever. Now Russell Westbrook wants to be in a situation where he has the ball in his hands, which makes sense. But it wasn't just going to be that way in Houston. And they weren't able to figure out that dynamic. So maybe we got to start a dialogue with James Harden now because this is another teammate that just has not worked. And Harden had a pretty good postseason. I mean, one of his better postseasons, if not his best postseason of his career this year, uh, despite the fact that he massively underperformed in Game 7 versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, where he got outplayed by a Lou Dort. <laughs> I mean, outside of that, he was really good in that first-round series, and he would still put up some big-time scoring numbers against the Los Angeles Lakers. They just had too much talent, but there was a key game in that Lakers series in which James Harden just simply did not show up. And now Russell Westbrook and him were not able to share the ball and figure that dynamic out. Chris Paul and him were able to have a lot more success, but still that second year with Chris Paul, Harden just dominated the ball too much. And I don't want to get on him too much for Dwight Howard, but Dwight Howard is another very talented player that came there around his prime, and he just wasn't the same uh, in a Houston Rockets uniform. That team just was not the same amount of level of success. So, I mean, there, there is something interesting there, but I think the Houston Rockets are going to have to move on from potentially James Harden and Russell Westbrook, but definitely Russell Westbrook here, try to get into a team like the New York Knicks or the Charlotte Hornets, a team where he could just go out there and put up big-time numbers, have the ball in his hands all the time. But you're not going to win in this league at this stage of his career like that. You're just not going to do it. He hasn't been out the first round as a lead dog. He barely was able to get out the first round as a number two with James Harden and not having Kevin Durant on his team. So we'll see about that whole dynamic. I've got some player rankings and things like that coming up in the future, but let's focus the rest of this podcast to talking about the NBA draft prospects. And first, we're going to do the best in the 2020 draft class by category. And we're going to start with a player. And to me, the best player in the 2020 draft class is LaMelo Ball. Without a doubt, this dude is basically a six foot seven point guard who has the ability to create his own shot from practically anywhere on the court. He has a pretty good three-point shot. He can get to the basket. He's a crafty finisher with either his left or his right hand. He's got some really insane up-and-under finishes. He can dunk the ball. Uh, at a high level so you really got to look at even his like little mid-range floater type deal runners in the lane he can do it all he's got a lot of touch around the basket and when we compare him to a guy like Lonzo who's his brother coming in Lonzo was a better playmaker a better defender Uh, he was just better at getting others involved getting them to basketball 
in transition, and he was better at defense. Obviously, LaMelo Ball is not going to be a great defender at the next level, but he does have the physical tools to be a better defender than he is right now. And Lonzo became a lot better defender once he got into the NBA than he was in college. Obviously, LaMelo Ball taking the overseas route and then playing uh, high school at the end with Spire Academy. So he kind of took a little bit of a different route than Lonzo. But when you talk about LaMelo's game, he has a lot more shot creation ability. He has a lot better handle. He has a lot better feel for the game with the ball in his hands in terms of being able to create for himself, which will make him a better bucket generator because he'll have the threat of getting his own basket at a higher level than Lonzo and can also still have the playmaking ability, maybe not at the same level of a passer as Alonzo Ball, but he's still a very, very good passer, very, very good transition player, and he can still get downhill and find the open man. His basketball IQ is not as polished and complete as Alonzo Ball, but he still has a very, very underrated high basketball IQ. I think LaMelo Ball is the best prospect in the draft. I believe he has the potential to be a good amount better than Lonzo Ball at the next level. And I like Lonzo Ball a lot coming into the draft. I think LaMelo will be even better, and he's my best prospect in this draft class. The best scorer in this draft class to me is Anthony Edwards. This is a dude that can score from all three levels. He's a big, strong guy. He can really work the mid-range game. He can really get to the basket. His three-point shot is very inconsistent. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he can hit some occasional three-point shots. Okay, and when I look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, I look at Victor Oladipo 2.0. This is a guy that can use his athleticism, he can use his strength, he can get to the hole. He can actually be an impactful defensive player too with his length, with his ability to, to get down the court with athleticism, to block shots, to get in the passing lanes. If Anthony Edwards, really the biggest question with him is like his motor, like is he going to be able to stay consistently aggressive uh, and give max effort to get better? and to improve his overall game, and then his jump shot potential. Like, if he can knock down jumpers consistently in this league, that will take him to a whole nother level. But I don't know how consistent of a jump shot he's going to have, but he's still the most polished and complete scorer in this draft, in my opinion. And then shooter, we got a guy in Aaron Naismith, who he, he's a knockdown shooter, okay? he He's lights out from the three-point line, and he's a guy that you can run off of screens, Basically, he's not really going to consistently create his own shot off the dribble for a three, but he's definitely one of those snipers that you can get in some off-ball action and just let it, let him let it fly. And he's going to be a threat. Whether his percentage is like super high out the gate or not, he's still going to draw a lot of defensive attention right away because teams on the scouting report are going to know he's an absolute sniper. And then when we talk about rebounding, I'm going to go with James Wiseman, uh, who is the highest upside big man in this draft, the dude is 7-1. <laughs> I mean, he's got a crazy wingspan. He's got all the physical tools to be a great center in this league, and he's clearly the best rebounder in this class. Playmaker, I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball yet again, and I know I brought up a comparison to Lonzo Ball on one end. He does play a good amount like his brother, but the other person I would say he reminds me of is like a D'Angelo Russell type of player. He's kind of a mix between D'Angelo Russell and Alonzo Ball. He's going to take more of the scoring uh, and shot creation of a D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo is really crafty in the paint with his floater game, as we talked about before. 
and, and he's really more comfortable with the ball in his hand. So that aspect is similar to D'Angelo Russell. But then the playmaking aspect, he has a good amount of Lonzo Ball's court vision and his ability to make others better and make the extra pass and make the right play out there. So he's the best playmaker to me in this draft. And then the best defender is a teammate of Lamelo Ball's back in high school at Chino Hills, uh, Onyeka Okongwu. And he's a versatile, basically 6'9", center slash power forward, whatever you want to call him. He's a versatile defender who can guard multiple positions. He can switch the pick and roll, and he can protect the rim. I do think James Wiseman has the upside to potentially be the best defender in this class. We didn't get to see too much out of him in college, and he really hasn't had a sample size where it looks like he's been a better defender yet uh, than Onyeko Okonwu. So Wiseman could potentially be the best defender in this class because he does have the ability to protect the rim at a high level with his physical tools and just his instincts around the basket. But I do worry that sometimes Wiseman does chase for walks a little bit too much and doesn't stay as disciplined on the defensive end, but you can really be a high impactful defender and rim protector for sure at the next level. So that's my best 2020 draft by category. Let's move on to some of the uh, top five prospects overall, because I know I said LaMelo Ball is number one. We all probably want to know who two through five is. And at number two, I have a big time sleeper, that being Killian Hayes from overseas. And this is another point guard. You guys know how I talked about in years past with my bucket generators, the two-way bucket generators, the ones that can score themselves and create for their teammates. And Killian Hayes is right there. I've talked about guys in previous drafts like a Luka Doncic, like a Trey Young in that department. You even look at a guy like John Morant last year to a lesser extent. He, he can do the same thing. Uh, and I'm going to say Killian Hayes is a similar type of breed, not quite at those guys' level but still a very talented player. He's a more offensively-minded De'Aaron Fox type guy to me. Um, he doesn't have the athleticism and defensive impact that a De'Aaron Fox has quite at that level. I mean, he still can defend, and he still has some pretty good length and instincts. But to me, he's a guy that can manipulate the pick and roll. He's a maestro with the ball in his hands. He can make great decisions with the basketball. He's a very polished playing the overseas game. So he's going to come in and be able to impact the team right away. I think he's going to be in the rookie of the year conversation, especially if he can land in a good situation. He's kind of projected in a lot of uh, draft projections that I've seen, at least in the late lottery. But to me, he's the second overall prospect. So I really like him. I think whoever drafts Killian Hayes is going to get an absolute steal. At number three, I've got Anthony Edwards, who a lot of people project to go either number one or number two. As I've talked about before, he is Oladipo 2.0. I've basically read off to you guys everything I think about him. That's my number three prospect. Number four, let's talk about James Wiseman, who to me, I'm still, I know I like Onyeko Kongwu, especially defensively, but overall with the most upside in his offensive game, I'm taking James Wiseman as the best big man in this draft. To me, he's kind of like a DeAndre Jordan type player with a lot more offensive upside and potential. I mean, he can shoot a little bit from the mid-range, but he hasn't been consistent enough as a jump shooter for me to really trust whether he's going to be able to be that good of a mid-range or impactful jump shooter at the next level. But, I mean, a guy like DeAndre Jordan that can occasionally hit a pick and pop, you know, that's going to be pretty valuable. His defense has the potential to be like DeAndre Jordan's rim protection, basically rim protection and rim run type of guy. He's going to be really explosive around the basket. He can catch lobs. Um, he can dunk inside. 
I mean, his post game could definitely use some work, but I mean, especially where this draft is headed, he's going to be able to land on a team where he's not going to have to create his own shot all that much. He's going to have to be at the right place on the right time on both ends of the floor, be that anchor of the defense and be the lock threat on the offense. And then at number five, I've got Obi Toppin, okay? And Obi Toppin was one of the most efficient players in college basketball this past season. He gives me some Amari Stoudemire-type vibes on the offensive end of the floor. He actually shot 39% from three-point range, which so if Amari Stoudemire was drafted in 2020, he would definitely have to take a lot more outside jumpers, and Obi Toppin definitely has that aspect of his game. Uh, he isn't a good defender whatsoever. He has the good physical tools, but he has not – impacted the game in a positive way defensively at least in the collegiate ranks maybe you can get a coach that gives him a little bit more of a defensive minded uh nature to his game more instincts on that side of the ball because he does have room to grow a lot of it but he can't he can make that jump but he's a power finisher around the rim he's probably going to be in or potentially even win a slam dunk contest in his career he has some really good dunks uh he's really explosive around the basket and I really think he's going to be a solid player. I know he did go multiple years in college, and people worry about his age, but he's going to be a guy because of that age and experience that can impact the game right away. But I still do think he has upside if he develops to be a really, really good player in this league. This draft class may not be the most like star power heavy draft class, but they're going to have a lot of guys that can really impact the game and be big time impact players on a good contending team. Audible mentions to me. Onyeko Kongwu is obviously one. And Denny Advia, uh, he's going to be around a top five draft pick. To me, I don't know if he's an everyday starter, but I do think he can be a really, really good six-man for a team. He has a lot of things that he does pretty well. He has a good instincts and feel for the game, but he doesn't really do anything exceptionally well, if that makes sense. So he's going to be a really good role player that could really help a team, but does he really have that potential to be a star? I just don't see it. Um, but again, another foreign player that, that's really going to come in and be able to make an impact right away because he has that experience and he has that basketball IQ and he has just that instinct for the game. So next we're going to talk about basically what I think will happen in the draft, at least the first couple picks versus what I will do basically to conclude this episode of the podcast coming back. And I'm going to talk about who I would take at number one, and that would be LaMelo Ball for obvious reasons. I pretty much raved about him this entire podcast, talking about how he is, to me, the clear-cut best player in this draft, how he's the best playmaker in this draft, and all those other things. So I know I compared to D'Angelo Russell in the past, and they already have D'Angelo Russell on their team, but I actually do think they could complement each other decently well, because D'Angelo Russell focuses more on getting his own shot, and yes, LaMelo Ball can be a shot creator looking for his own shot, but he is more naturally, to me, a playmaker for others too, uh, to that extent. If I have the blend, it's probably like a 60-40 blend where he, he can go towards playmaking at the next level because we do have questions about D'Angelo, or excuse me, LaMelo Ball's jump shot. Um, and I know people are going to talk about the defense. The, the Wolves don't play any defense whatsoever. I'm not drafting for fit on a team that's that bad. Yeah, you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's a great player, and he's gonna really impact. Uh, he's gonna be impacted by having a guy like Lamelo Ball on his team, and then D'Angelo Russell can be the guy that's getting buckets out there. He doesn't really have to focus on the playmaking aspect of the game. 
as much. I think I'm taking LaMelo. But I do think Minnesota, who has messed up a lot of drafts in years past, I think they might end up taking Anthony Edwards, you know, slide him over to the two, have D'Lo uh, be able to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, and then maybe worried about the defensive aspect to take a guy like Edwards. It wouldn't be necessarily a terrible pick. I do like Edwards. He was my number three prospect, but I would personally take LaMelo Ball. Uh, at two, I think Wiseman to Golden State is pretty much the penciled in move out of the top five. I mean, unless the Golden State Warriors trade the pick and are able to get an established star, I mean, they could also potentially trade back to get Onyeka Okongwu if they can get another asset. But I just think James Wiseman is the choice with his physical tools and with the ability to plug him into Golden State. You need a guy to guard a guy like Anthony Davis if you're going to potentially meet the Lakers and you're trying to compete for a championship in the Western Conference. I know the Warriors haven't really emphasized the big man in years past, but they have all the wing threats that you need with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Uh, and now they brought in Andrew Wiggins. If he stays, he could be an 18 to 20 point per game score if he really got his mind to it and worked with Golden State. So and they also have Draymond Green. So, I mean, the one clear hole in the starting lineup is to get a center. Looney and uh, Looney is is very like I mean Looney is very plug and play at the center position like you don't really need to upgrade him Marquise Chris too um, but those guys you can have one of them off the bench you know and you can have Wiseman who has upside and can shoot the occasional jumper at three Anthony Edwards I would take him with the Charlotte Hornets I think Lamelo might end up going here those are the two that could flop to me. Uh, because some people think LaMelo Ball is better. Some people think Anthony Edwards is the best player in this draft. So I could see that going either way. I personally, like I said, I like Killian Hayes a lot. Uh, he doesn't really fit as much in Charlotte because they do have guard play already, especially point guard play. When you talk about Terry Rozier um, and then also Devontae Graham. So I would take him number four to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I don't think he goes number four. A lot of mock drafts have had him go a lot lower, so he might end up with a team like the New York Knicks or even the Detroit Pistons. But I think the Chicago Bulls will probably end up taking Danny Advia, uh, who is a wing player who could fit there pretty decently, be a, a solid role player for him. So that's what I think the Bulls will probably do at number four. But I would take Killian Hayes. Him and Zach Levine in the backcourt would definitely be a show to see. And then number five, I think Obi Toppin ends up going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that's what I would take at number five, too. We don't know what's going to go on with the Kevin Love situation. He might end up getting traded. And Obi Toppin's a guy that can come in at the power forward spot and really fill that hole nicely. And he has a lot of promise and potential moving forward. And the Cavs already have a lot of crowded guards in the backcourt with Colin Sexton, uh, Colin Sexton excuse me, and Darius Garland. So I think that's pretty clearly the move uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm very excited to see what happens in this NBA draft. Uh, there's obviously going to be a quick window when you talk about the draft, the trades, and then free agency coming a couple days later. So I'm going to keep you guys updated every week on Friday. Look out for a podcast episode. There's going to be a player rankings podcast episode coming soon. There's going to be a lot of different episodes as we lead up to the NBA season. And then every week I'll get on here, provide you guys my opinions, my thoughts, rant about some things and keep y'all entertained, and keep y'all informed about the NBA. Appreciate y'all for rocking with me. I'm out. Peace.